Hey, what's up? What's good? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. How you doing? Can't complain. You drinking <laughs> any coffee? I got it right here. What? What kind? Uh, just I gotta check. No, it's Bird Coffee. It's one of my teammates. He gets sponsored by them. Okay. Shout yeah, out. So, shout out yeah, for it. Shout out. Bird Coffee. Just one Splenda. That's how I drink. One Splenda. That's mm-hmm. the secret. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right, guys, welcome back to another Footy and Coffee Conversations. Excited for today's guest. I think you have a, a pretty unique and different story, maybe. So I'm excited to, excited to hear about it, excited to hear your journey to where you are now. So just to start, if you want to uh, say your name, where you're playing right now, and what position you are. Uh, yeah, uh, Pato, Pato Otello. I play for Tormenta FC, and uh, I play forward, striker. So... You, uh, you obviously, you were born in a different country. Um, yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about your experience growing up, um, how you ended up coming to the U.S. and, you know, what youth career you were playing for, that type of thing. Yeah, so I was born and raised in uh, Monterrey in Mexico. Um, I played there, like, in my school team, all, like, and then a couple clubs, like, local. And then I moved to the U.S. when I was... 16 or like about to turn 16 uh my sophomore year of high school that's when i came when i came over here but yeah in mexico i, I played like my school teams and stuff like that my dad decided to move uh just for you know better lifestyle over here and stuff like that so he brought everybody here with now me. did you speak any english when you first moved to the u.s uh, a little bit nah, nah not a lot like just the basics nothing i start like I was struggling in high school. Uh, I had to take like that English as second language and all that because I didn't, I didn't know it, like a lot. Yeah. Did you find that uh, soccer was a good way to connect and make friends then? Because you know, if you're not as comfortable with the language, you don't need to be able to speak so much to be teammates and get along and be friends. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, it was just like. I mean, as soon as I came here, I wanted to play. I didn't know anything about, like, club and college and any of that. I just wanted to play, like, for the school team or whatever. And, uh, but, yeah, definitely. I thought it was going to help me not just get better with the language, but just, you know, have something else to do because I was new here. I didn't know anybody, you know, but my brother. He was a year older than me, so he was in high school with me as well. And, uh, you know, just meet more people, make new friends, and, and do what I, what I love. Yeah. Were you, when you came to the U.S., um, in regards to your soccer playing and all, you probably, you obviously didn't know much about kind of the U.S. system. Were you thinking at that point, uh, college soccer, were you thinking professional was a dream of yours? What was kind of your soccer ambitions? Uh, yeah, so for me, when I moved to San Antonio, that's when uh, the San Antonio Scorpions were barely starting. Like barely, barely, uh, they were having like the first trials and stuff like that. So... I went, I was practicing with them at the beginning because I didn't know anything about college. I was in high school practicing with the Scorpions, with like the, the the pro guys. And then that's when they started talking to me about college and stuff like that. Like you should go to college. And then from then, from there, you see, you see where you go. Because in Mexico is different. You know, if you're not making a pro by like 17, 18, you're a little bit too late already. Over here is different. Over yeah. here, 
they go pro when they're like 22, 23, right after college. So, you know, my dad too, he's like, you gotta get a degree. I'm not, you know, you gotta get something. You gotta go to school. So, yeah, I mean, then I started looking into all that, uh, how to, the college work and, and all that stuff. And yeah, that's why I decided to go to college as well. Yeah. And, uh, your, your youth career at your high school, you had a lot of success, I think average 23 goals a season, Something like I believe. That. And, uh, <laughs> you were, you were multiple times ESPN player of the week, but a fun fact that, that I don't know if many people know about you, maybe they do, but that you also were the kicker for your football team had the school record and longest field goal with 51 yarder. Yeah. Were you, yeah, were you at all considering uh, going to college for football? I was at one point. I, I wasn't at first just because I, I did it just to help out more than anything because I did it my first year out of curiosity. Like I never kicked before or anything. So was like, let me try it. You know, the atmosphere was unreal. And then my junior year, I did it again. Uh, it was, you know, I had fun and whatever. And then my senior year, that's when I had a really good year. And, I, you know, I had a... I made the All-State team, uh, so it was, it, it was big. And then that's when school started reaching out. It was a few walk-ons, a few D1. Uh, one school offered me, UAW offered me as a, as a kicker. Yeah, no, I, uh, I kicked also in high school, so I understand that at some point you're like, do I go college with it? It'd be a lot yeah. easier. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but then there's always like, you know, you kick like what five times a game, and you stand on the sideline the rest of the day. And there's something yeah, about yeah. soccer that you don't get when you play football. Yeah, exactly. I'm just there. I'm looking at the stand, see if I like see people that I know, and that's it. I'm not really paying attention to the game. I didn't really care for it to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand completely. Uh, so then, talk about your your recruitment then for soccer for college. Um, were you looking at multiple different schools? How did you land on the university you chose? Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I wanted to stay in San Antonio for, for college. That's where my, my family was. And I'm, you know, I'm always been close to my family. So it was kind of like, let me stay in San Antonio. There's like, there's a D1, a D2, a D3, and an NAIA school in San Antonio. So you have everything there, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I got an offer from the four schools there. And it was just kind of, let me see what I, which one I like more. I visited all of them. Uh, and St. Mary's was the last one I visited. Uh, so as soon as I visited St. Mary's, it was like, yeah, I, I want to come here. Like, I didn't feel that one with the other schools. It just kind of clicked. And I was like, this is the school, like, if something were to happen where I got hurt or something like that, they, I would still want to go to school here without, without soccer. So that's why I picked uh, St. Mary's. Which I, I uh, appreciate you saying that because that's something that I hope our, our younger listeners uh, really take to heart is as much as picking a school based on the soccer program is important, you also have to like the, the school outside of soccer because if you end up getting injured or deciding soccer is not for you anymore, you, know, you don't want to have to transfer and leave all your friends just because yeah. the only reason you went there is because of the program. Exactly. Yeah, you got to put everything into consideration when you're taking like a big decision like that because for me it was you know a lot of guys want to one year two years and then transfer and then you never know how many 
like credits you're gonna lose and you know at the end of the day you're there you're there to graduate you know you want to get a degree so for me i'm like i'm gonna come here and i'm gonna do my four years here 100 percent. real quick i saw perfect soccer commented so shout out repping their perfect soccer gear today so thanks for the support hey. perfect soccer um so so then i think uh your your first goal in college is uh probably a storybook of the first goal you can get uh tell us about that uh yeah so it was the first game of the season it was a, it was the home opener and i, I want to say it's like the first ball i touched the whole game i mean it was the first half it was early kind of early in the first half but you know we were playing west texas a m they were a good team weren't doing much and then uh i think i want to say it was chino one or crosses the ball uh, bounces, it hits off my chest. It was a bad touch. It hits off my chest, it goes up. And it's kind of just like, that's the only thing you can do. You can't bring it down in the box. There's like two defenders on you. You just hope for the best, right? I, I mean, yeah, you, that's about as nice of a, a goal you can ask for to start your career. Obviously a bad first touch, but finishing it with the great <laughs> little bicycle gets gets the crowd excited. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It felt good. So then how did, uh, how did the next, how did your college career kind of go for you personally? Yeah. How uh, was your development? Oof. I think I, I think I got better every, every year. And it was because of the work I put in outside. And I think also like the, the, the people that were coming my way, like not just players, but like the coaches and stuff like that, that, mentor me i you know i had three different head coaches in four years oh wow uh, yeah in my school so the guy that recruited me coach uh, michael bonelli he he was in my freshman year left after my freshman year then they brought coach matt barnes he coached uh for i want to say san francisco state before us and he was also the coach for the uh the midland soccer's for the pdo and pso team so he came and that's when everything really changed my sophomore year. He told me, you know, you got to change your diet the way, you know, I'm going to start working with you on finishing on, you know, after practice, before practice, uh, just better overall with him. And then he was in my sophomore, junior year. Uh, you know, sophomore year I did decent. I was out like half the season. And then my junior year, I had a really good, a really good junior year. And then he leaves after my junior year to get the Turks and Caicos national team head coaching job. And Coach Johnny, which wow. he's a, yeah, his assistant took over my senior year. And, you know, my senior year, I had a, I had a good senior year again. And, you know, I just think I got a little bit better every, every year in college. And, you know, due to the people that were mentoring me and also the, the, the work I was putting off the field. Yeah, I mean, you. Uh, I think you led your team in points, goals, and assists sophomore through senior year, which was incredible sophomore year, too, with your injuries. Um, but senior year, you really exploded with 18 goals and six assists. So clearly, you can see that they continue improvement going up those four years. Um, at what point yeah, in yeah. The, the college four years, in what point in the four years of college are you thinking – okay, professional soccer is not just a dream, but now it's maybe a realistic option for you. I think realistically it was after my my sophomore year when after my sophomore year, Coach 
uh, Barnes got me to go play PDO in Dallas for Texas United, and I had a good I had a good summer. Uh, I think I led the team in goals there too. And and um, yeah. So after that, you know, met a lot of people that have played USL and stuff like that, and they tell you like how the level is and what you got to improve and stuff like that as well. So for me, that was that was uh, you know that made it realistic for me, and then you know just motivates you more. You know, came back from that summer and I was just ready to go my junior year. You know, I just wanted to get started again. And then same stuff again after my junior year, I go playing uh, Corpus Christi that summer and, uh, you know, had a great summer again. And that's when, you know, the the, the coaches started contacting my, my college coach and they would come watch him play and stuff like that. So, yeah. At, at that point, um, you know, entering your junior, senior year is professional soccer. Like you're hundred percent. That's what your focus is, is on when you finish university. Yeah. 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 I wanted to, I didn't know when I was going to start. Cause you know, I'd like, you have to leave school in February. I think that's when I left uh, my senior year, but yeah, I was just trying to get everything done and and all that, but yeah, that was that was it. I wanted I wanted to go pro and 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 I just kind of had that in mind. Like I'm not I'm not doing anything. I'm not gonna start working somewhere else. I wanna I wanna play. Yeah. So then, um, you you finish your senior year. I believe you won Player of the Year for the conference. You were an All American. Um, what then is the route? How do you get your first professional contract? Yeah, so um, there was a coach, and uh, it's a little complicated. There was a coach in our conference from Global Christian. He we played against them a couple times, and then we played them in the playoff game that we lost in the conference tournament. So before the game, he comes up to me and he tells me like, "Hey, there's a USL League One team, uh, Lansing Ignite, uh, opening up and." I work for Lansing, the PDO team, and I know the coach, the head coach Nate. You know, he he's a good friend of mine, so I'm gonna put in a good word for you. I had no idea who the team was. I had no idea the league was just starting, so I didn't know, right? So I'm just like, yeah, thank you. And then um, after the game, he gets my my phone number, and that's it. So then my head coach sees Coach Nate at the NAIA national tournament, like show, not the showcase, but the tournament, because my coach was there like recruiting as well. And he goes up to Nate and he tells okay. him like, yeah, I, I have a forward, you know, he had this many goals, he's one player of the year. So Nate is like, I actually just heard from him from the level Christian coach. And he's like, yeah, I'm very interested, this and that, let me, send me his film. So my coach sent him film like two days after he reached out to me and he was reaching out to teammates, my PDL coach. So everybody was calling me like, hey, like the Lansing coach just called me asking about you. So, yeah, uh, I think I signed with Lansing in December, I want to say. Yeah, in December. And then yeah. left, left um, to Lansing in February. Yeah, so I don't know if you know, but Nate was my, Nate was my college assistant coach. And Tim Daniels and I played on, on the, the team together. He lived one floor oh, really? above me in a dorm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, and Kyle, Kyle Carr and I, my senior year of university, we played center back together. So also, oh, Kyle, Kyle was your your partner. He was my partner. 
when he wasn't just going rogue up the field, you know. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He wasn't a true center back. I'll say that. No, he's a grade six um, eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what? What's your experience then? It's your first professional contract. Um, you know, there's differences to the professional game than college uh, for you. Yeah. Obviously, you're moving to Michigan, which weather-wise in February is a lot different than Texas. Uh, what's kind of that first, you know, maybe month or so of, of preseason and all like for you? It's tough. Like, real, real tough. That was the first time I saw, like, well, the second time. It snowed once in San Antonio, but it wasn't, like, the real snow. So, for me, that was, yeah, that was, like, a shock, right? We're driving every morning. We're driving, like, sorry, 45 minutes to, like, an indoor facility in Vance so we can practice there. And it's and it's different. Like the level is way higher than I expected. Or I think yeah, I think I was just going with that mentality, like, you know, I've been I've been killing it every every team I go to, so let me just just do my thing here and, and, and it's and it's different and it's a reality check, right? And so yeah, it, it cost me a little bit at the beginning to, to adapt to the game and after a couple months I think I got I got I got used to it and and was able to be successful, but but yeah, it was it was difficult. It was it was real difficult, uh, just adapting to everything, you know, away from our family, uh, weather, new teammates, new system, and obviously the level was higher. Yeah, was it? Uh, you know, something we talked about with other players on here is, you know, college soccer is a sprint of two and a half months of just work, game, 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 and then the season's over where the professional yeah. season is a much longer kind of drawn out process. Did you find any uh, difficulty at first kind of when you hit, you know, three, four months in and you're like, oh, we're, you know, hitting the halfway mark now instead of the season should be winding down in the college, you know, playoffs or whatever. Yeah, it's, you definitely got to take care of your body. And, and I wasn't a guy that I'm, that I was used to that. Like in, after college games, we were supposed to have like ice baths and, I was out. Like I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting. I hated. I hated it. You know. Let me. Let me go. With my friends. Let's go eat somewhere. Like right now. I'm not doing the ice bath. Uh, all that stuff. I, I just wouldn't take it serious. And, it, and it's something that I wish I, I. I did. And when I got to the pro level, you after the like you said the third four month, you're like your body starts like. You know, asking for help basically. Like you gotta start stretching before, before like, like before you even stretch with the team. You gotta do your pre-activation. You gotta, you gotta do ice baths after practice, not just games. Now, like, you gotta ice everything. You gotta stretch in your free time. Do yoga. Do stuff like that. Just little stuff that will put you, you know, above other other people. If that makes sense. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. What was your for you personally, I know uh, we talked with Fricky and we were talking about how kind of the season started out slow. Um, you guys, you know, were, were playing maybe a little bit different style and obviously with a lot of uh, first-year professional players, um, but then it kind of hit about midway through the season and things started clicking. Um, yeah. And at that point on, you guys just kind of rode away the rest of the season. Uh, for you personally, how, how did the season go? Yeah, well, for me, it was, it was different because I wasn't playing at the beginning. You know, the first the first couple of weeks, I wasn't even making the the squad. I was staying at, at home, right? And then some stuff happened. Uh, got my opportunity, 
and I think it was when we went to Dallas, which which was great for me. I was yeah, I was coming off the bench a couple of games, and whatnot, like last ten fifteen minutes of of the game. So it was just kind of whatever. But then we go to Dallas and we play North Texas, and I play around like thirty, maybe I want to say thirty thirty five, and that's when I score my my first goal, and from there I just. They just everything changed after that goal. You know, I was starting like basically every game after that. What, uh, obviously, you're a player that you know for your college career, your high school career, um, you're starting, you're playing a lot of minutes, everything like that. What's that kind of first experience of not being a starter, not being on the roster? Uh, was it mentally difficult to? you know, still train the same when you weren't getting the minutes or were you able to, you know, how, how did you overcome that, I guess? Well, at first it was just, just that it hits you like, shit, I'm not playing. And, and you know, you show up to the games and you're in the bench or you're not even in the bench, you're in the stands and you're like, dang, like, it's it's like that right now. But in practice, now I, I always practice the same, I think. Uh, and it was better for me in a way, because as a backup striker, I was going against the starting center backs, which was like Freaky and Stoneman. And they just, I think it got me a lot better, you know, like going against them and Freak is always training like 110%. So he's pushing me in and I'm, you know, battling with him in practice. And for me, that made me better, but I always practice hard. I think uh, it did, I want to say it did motivate me in my, my off time, you know, I was I was going to the gym every day, you know, especially because I wasn't playing. So I'm like, let me do something when I would be on the bench and I would only play 10, 15 minutes, you know, I was doing sprints after the game, just stuff to keep me there just so I could be ready for that moment. And, you know, the Dallas moment came and, and I was ready for it. And, and, you know, thank God I scored that goal because that, that changed everything. After that, it's just just went up yeah and uh i think that's good that you were you know you said oh i was taking sprints and stuff after the game if i didn't play so much because there's a lot of players who don't um maybe take that attitude with it and then you know they don't realize they're just putting themselves farther behind their chance of starting because if you have a game saturday friday's a light training saturday yeah. they're not playing or playing 10 minutes so they're not doing much sunday's a recovery day so now you have, you know, three days in a row that you haven't really worked hard while the other guys have worked hard. And you just that much that gap just continues to grow if you don't take ownership on your own to do something to stay ready exactly. when it's your time. Yep. Um, you had seven <clears throat> goals and three assists, I believe, for the season. Seven. Yeah. OK, yeah. so that's a solid a solid number for a rookie year. I'm sure yep. you feel good about that, especially, you know, maybe not starting so many games to start that's a that's a good way to finish the season um the team has a lot of success uh are you at that point are you thinking you know this is this is a place i'd like to come back to the next year what are your kind of thoughts at that point i mean i had i had the option with the club so being realistic with myself i was already putting myself in lansing for for another year uh you know i thought i'm gonna be back here next next season and you know, with the success we had and the people that the court, the 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 group court that was coming back, I, I felt comfortable. I said we can take it next year. We can we can win it all next year. But you know, yeah, I thought I was going back to Lansing. If I'm not going to lie to you. 
Yeah. So then, obviously, for, for those listening that don't know, um, you guys finish the season, you lose in the playoffs, and then you guys get called into the locker room on a Monday and told that the club is no longer going to be operating. What, what's kind of your emotions then at that point? Because I think, you know, maybe, maybe players that have been around the game for multiple years have seen more things and kind of know how it works and, and understanding that. But again, you're a rookie, you have a good year, you have an option for a second year there, and now it's kind of like, you're restarting again from the bottom, essentially. So what's what's your emotions like at that point? Yeah, so when they tell us uh, the club's folding, my first, you know, I was shocked. I was like, what the hell? So my, my, my first thing I did was I texted my agent right away, right? So, hey, PJ, they just told us this. And he said, uh, Pato, I've known this for two weeks already. I just didn't want to tell you because playoff, you know, y'all were going to start playoffs and all that. But he's like, but I've already contacted bunch of teams he's like a bunch of teams are interested in you so just we'll talk you know just go home relax and, and we'll talk so that helped me relax because when when you don't know what's gonna happen and you need to get a team you're out of job you know you don't have you don't have a job anymore but for me when pj said that i was like okay calm me down a little bit like knowing that it's a good possibility that i'm gonna find a club within the next month or two you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's something that a lot of professional athletes, not just soccer players, will kind of say is learning to, to almost be comfortable in life living in the uncomfortable because, you know, whether you're starting, you know that your spot can always be taken. Whether you're on a one-year contract, you know that you might have to spend the off-season without having a plan of what's next and waiting till preseason invite. There's so much uncertainty in professional soccer so obviously good thing to have um an agent to kind of calm you down because that's a a difficult thing to to go through and experience um what's what's the process like then for for the new club now with tormenta that you're with yeah so he tormenta was actually the first team that hit up my agent uh that was the first the the night i got home after the meeting in the locker room pj goes just so you know tormenta wants to sign you Oh wow! It's like they haven't they haven't given me a number. They haven't sent like an official offer, but they want to sign you, right? So I was like, okay, well, at least I have something, right? Mm-hmm. Like already secure, secure. And so I'm just like, let me just go home. Let me let me spend some time off. I was gonna take a trip to to Cancun and stuff like that. Let me just relax, enjoy a little bit. I was you know I was dead tired after that season. Uh, it was it was a heavy season. And uh, so I'm just like, let me let me relax, let me do my thing, and and we can talk in a couple of weeks. So you know, I went home, you know, I took my trip, all that, and uh, actually I signed with Tormenta before I took my trip. I'm lying, yeah. I, I texted, <laughs> yeah, I'm lying. Uh, so I texted, look, I took like a couple of weeks off without nothing, no phone calls, no nothing, and then you know, PJ calls me. He's like, hey. Tormenta send an offer, and then he sent two other teams in the in the League One uh, send an offer as well. And one team in the championship was very very interested. So I'm just like, well, let me let me see with my parents. He's like, but you know how they are. He said they want an answer by next week, right? So I'm just mm-hmm. like, it, and this is November. Like it's still early. Like it's real early for me. Yeah. And. But to be honest, indeed, if you flip it, you're like, well, 
I can side with the team right now and just get it over with, not having to worry about, you know, worry about it so much. So I saw my offers, uh, you know, taking consideration that I need to play in my second year. I need to, I need to get playing times and, and, and the championship team that was interested, they were returning a couple like of the forwards that they had and they were veterans and stuff like that. So I'm just like being realistic with myself. Let me go somewhere where I think I can get playing time and, and stuff like that. So talking with the coaches and the staff and, and everything, I thought Tormenta was, was the best, the best option for me. Yeah. And uh, how has it been so far? Obviously you guys have had some preseason. Uh, what's your experience been like with Tormenta so far? Yeah, it's, it's, it's good, man. The, the guys are, the guys are real good guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's a young team as well, by my age, everybody. And, and it's hard to find, you know, in Lansing, I thought we were the same where it's hard to find a team where it's a bunch of humble, humble dudes in the same locker room. You know, it's, you're always going to have, you know, the big heads on your team, not some ego anything like that. Yeah, and here it's here in, and in Lansing as well. It's different. Like it's not like that. It's everybody just goes, the uh, you know they get to work and and real friendly. Everybody, you know, I played against a bunch of them last season. Um, you know, we got into a little little fight on the field as well with with Tormenta. So for me to see him and for them to talk about it, like being all cool for me, it's like yeah, they were they were they're cool guys. Everybody. Good. Yeah. Now that's, uh, I'm sure it's exciting to be with the new club, but also uh, frustrating for you in the sense that just as you guys started to really gel and get going as a team, now you're unable to, to be training together and all that. What's, uh, we've been calling it kind of separation season um, this time of, <laughs> of guys are, you know, this is the first time in a player's career where what they do is completely on them. You know, how they train, how, how hard they work, everything is up to them. They're not training with the team anymore. Uh, what have you been doing to, to improve and, and continue to grow during this time? Yeah, so I got a little routine going on with my, with my roommates, uh, which, you know, we can, we can work out together. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll run every morning. We'll run, well, not every morning. We'll run three, three, three days of the week. And then two days we'll go to the field and we'll do some fitness with the ball and stuff like that. Just just us, uh, get some touches, do some fitness. And that's about it. In the weekend we'll go, there's a little volleyball court right here. Like a sand volleyball in our apartments. We'll do a, a little sand workout there. Or we'll do like a, a body workout just here at, at the apartment. So we have a routine going on, which is, which is good. Uh, it was tough at the beginning that we don't know what to do. We're like, what do we do? Let's run around the neighborhood and then and then what? You know, like push ups, sit ups. There's only so much you can do, but you know, we, we were creative. We bought a couple of stuff as well at Walmart, uh, to help us do stuff like that. So, you know, it's been it's been it's been all right, you know. You obviously miss training with the team and and actually playing, but but I think we're staying in shape and and we've been doing a pretty good job with that. Yeah, so what that's the part you miss most of being with the team is just training with them, playing actual against other opponents than just shooting on an yeah. empty net. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can only do so much with – it's three of us, so. 
you can only do so much with three people, but you got to make the most of it at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so now, uh, kind of looking back, obviously you're still, you're still young in your career. Uh, I hope you have a lot of years left to play. Um, but yeah. at, at this point now you're, you're entering your second year of professional soccer. What looking back to maybe you're 16 years old, just entering the U S um, you know, nothing about, U.S. soccer and anything like that, what would be kind of your advice to yourself at that age? Uh, just do the little things outside the field. Uh, you know, it's hard to ask a 16-year-old kid to watch their diet and their work habits outside the field because <clears throat> there's so much going on in high school. But... For me, yeah, that that little thing, you know, watch watch your diet, watch the amount of work you're putting out, like outside the field. Uh, just because I think if I would have done that from from a younger age, then I probably would have been a different player. Because it it took me a bit to get used to to all that, and you know, put it in my head like, hey, like you gotta fix this, this, and this to to be uh, elite. You know, not just good, because because. Obviously, you know when you're good, but that's not that's not enough. There's a lot of good players out there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so talking about kind of scoring goals, I have two different questions on it. First is, do you have a, a set in stone celebration? Do you plan a celebration for a goal, or do you just kind of let the emotions come to you when you score? I just kind of let it come to me. I feel if I plan it, it just I'm not going to score that game. I've done it a couple of times where I'm like, hey, if I score, we're doing this and not even close. So I'm just like, let's, we'll see. Uh, I think, I think uh, strikers have a unique position um, because you're, you're judged essentially, maybe not by a coach, but by fans and everything on one stat, and that's goals. Um, how when you're maybe going through a, a, a little bit of a dry spell, unable to find the back of the net. Um, how do you mentally stay focused and not let it affect your game? Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough question, honestly, because it, it does, it does hit you sometimes, you know, they, when you're not scoring goals, you're like, shit, like, that's my job at the end of the day. Like, okay, I can, I can provide other stuff for the team, but at the end of the day, you're the, you're the striker. You gotta, you gotta score goals. So, I mean, yeah, not just, just trust yourself, you know, just keep, keep trusting yourself. At the end of the day, you're there for a reason. That's what I tell myself sometimes when I'm not doing well in practice or in games and I'm not scoring, just, you know, you're here for a reason and, and, and you're at this level for a reason. So just keep, keep working hard and trust yourself and it'll come. Absolutely. Um, you talked a little bit about like nutrition being a big um, factor in your, in your uh, change of, improvement and growth as a player uh what are you doing now nutritionally wise to uh you know be at your top game yeah i mean it's not like a special diet it's just like a really simple simple diet what they what you hear for breakfast i eat oatmeal uh lunch i'll have like chicken and rice and for dinner something like that again like just like pork maybe and rice and veggies or chicken again just regular stuff simple stuff but you know you have your your cheat meal once like Sundays. What's you know, your you cheat have, meal? It just depends a lot. <laughs> I I eat pizza. I eat uh, 
Taco Bell, all eat <laughs> stuff like that. Some man. Coming, Any, coming, coming from Texas, are you a big barbecue fan? Yeah, I like barbecue. I like Whataburger. That's oh, what I like. Wow, that was baby. the first meal I got when I landed in Texas after Lansing. That's uh, when I went. I was in the airport in Dallas this year. That's the first place I went was Whataburger. Whataburger is so good, huh? You have to go there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you weren't playing soccer, what would you be doing? <laughs> I mean, some related to the game. I think coaching or something like that, hopefully. All right. That's that's a good answer. Staying yeah. around the game. So soccer's, yeah. soccer's got to be involved in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Obviously, you're uh, still young in your career. What are your, you know, what, what kind of goals? How do you decide what your goals are? How do you decide what you um, are putting for, you know, for yourself as ex- expectations moving forward in your career? I mean, it, it's a... I keep like people keep asking me that like on my team like how many goals are you gonna score this season and I'm just kind of I just let it go like you know just let it happen if I put a a number in my head I think I'm gonna try too hard to get to that number and it's not it might not go well so for me I just kind of let it let it happen and and don't let it get to me so I know if I keep scoring goals and more opportunities are gonna open up. And that's it. So for me, I'm just just doing my thing. That's it. Hopefully the goals come and just going to keep working for, for that. But I'm not going to put a – obviously the goal is to, to play in, in the MLS. But other than that, I'm just going to keep working hard and try, try to score goals. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned that family is a big thing for you. Uh, how difficult yeah. has it been now for two years not being close to family? Uh, the first season was difficult. Uh, the, I'm I'm used to it. I think I got used to it now. But yeah, when I was when I was in Michigan, it was it was tough. Uh, just cause I was, you know, I spent all my life with them, and even in college, you know. So yeah, it, it was tough. Uh, you know, Facetime my my parents every single night. Nothing like oh, I want to go back and stuff like that. Nothing like that. But it was kind of like, yeah, like. You used to seeing them every day, and now my two brothers as well. I'm close with my two brothers, so it was it was a little little difficult, but nah, you get used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those one of those sacrifices you got to make if you want to play, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Um, so now you're looking ahead uh, for this season. Hopefully, hopefully there is a season. Um, you know, you you don't. You're not going – Lansing isn't in the league anymore, so you don't have that game to look forward to playing against, you know, your old old club. What what team are you now most excited uh, to play against or hope to, you know, hopefully beat? Uh, North Texas, obviously, because they're the, they're the champions. Uh, you know, they, I got my, my, my Bruce plays there, and then me and Bruce, we're, we're, we're real tight. So – yeah, play play against North Texas, and the second one would be probably Miami, just because want to go to Miami because I've never been there. So, Miami, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I live I live just on across the on Florida on the western side from Miami, so it's yeah. a great it's a great little place to go. Yeah, um, what, can't wait. what teammate are you uh, most excited to play against that you had from Lansing that's now playing somewhere else in the league? Just probably freaky. 
That'll be a good matchup. Yeah, I'm gonna score. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. then you better have some celebration for him. No, he's he he'll try to kick me and all that. I'm, I'm gonna stay away from his side. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> You'll be switching with your winger that game. Uh, Let me go out on the wing for late. a little bit. I'm going to go over there. You can come in the middle. <laughs> uh, no, um, all right, final question for you is just, uh, you know, we have, we have a lot of younger listeners. Um, they, I think that, you know, perfect example is you of someone who didn't necessarily um, have, you know, people helping them that knew a lot about what was going on in the soccer scene of how to get recruited to colleges, how to get to the professional level. Um, a lot of players in, you know, and that we've interviewed have talked about the difficulty or kind of wishing that they had uh, more mentorship in that process because a lot of it, you know, they just were flying solo and they had their parents helping them who some of their parents know nothing about the sport at all. Um, so what, what's kind of your, your advice to to someone looking for maybe let's say college a college player they're looking to to go to college um what's your advice on how to decide what school to go to yeah so for me uh i think i would just say just start emailing i would say the assistant coach more than the head coach because i feel the head coach gets like hundreds of emails every week right and I feel the assistant coach gets a little bit less than that, and they're still doing all the recruiting process, and they still go to showcases and, and high school games and all that. So for me, start emailing the, the assistant coaches of the schools you realistically want to want to go to. You know, if if maybe your dream is to play in, a, I don't know, Michigan State or some big, big D1 school, but you got to also be realistic with yourself. It doesn't mean you're not going to make a pro. Like myself, I went to a D2 school, and, and I'm here, and, and I've known people that got drafted from, from D3 schools as well. So don't really pay attention to the division. Be realistic where you where you can see yourself playing and, and enjoying it. And, you know, send a bunch of emails and, and just do your do your job. You know, you're not going to have – my parents had no idea what to do with, with college either. So it was kind of me reaching out to, to coaches and – you know, inviting them to my to my club games, to my high school games, and sending them the schedule. You know, I'm gonna play here this date, and and you know, hope for the best because you never know when they're watching. They might not even tell you they're going to the game, and that happened to me a couple of times. Had no idea the coaches were there watching, and, and they hit me up after the game like, "Hey, I was there," and you know, it feels it feels it feels good when you when you finally start getting noticed. Hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm <clears throat> excited for when this hopefully the season gets going and we can watch that matchup again you and Fricky at uh, Greenville I'll be I'll be tuning in for that game I can't yeah. wait to see it I appreciate though you taking time to share your story and share the advice that you've learned um, excited for you excited again as I said for your career you're just starting out and I'm excited to see what you can accomplish so keep uh, it up thank you thank you very much man appreciate it yeah man have a good night you too bye